0: Hey everybody, and welcome back to Modern Geekdom. This week, we're kicking off a conversation about pop culture and its impact on society. Stick around. Julie, do the thing. Loud
1: noises. Modern Geekdom. Are you pondering what I'm pondering? I'm sorry, David. I'm afraid I can't do that. Modern Geekdom. Would you kindly shut your noise hole? Next All systems go, Michael.
2: Give it! Go! But the hell with it. Modern Geekdom.
0: All right. This week...
1: Yay. Podcast Welcome. is back. We Ladies took a, and gentlemen. We took
0: a week off because... Boys and girls. We needed the break. Get some Extra-terrestrials.
1: stuff. Extraterrestrials.
0: <laughs> Are we beaming this thing out into space? Is that what's happening? Sure, why not? All That's right. kind of where radio waves go, right? <laughs> you know, satellites and then they get bounced back. Maybe it's eventually. exactly how
2: podcasts work, radio waves. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah, radio waves. <laughs> it's it's fundamentally radio. It's exactly uh, what technology. it is. Ah, I-
1: Technology. I mean, <laughs> you know. It is I, I, at a at a very basic level. I mean, we're we're recording sound.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but it's not so. being broadcast. Okay. It is, Mister Technical. <laughs> <laughs> but we are talking about something slightly similar. I'm actually,
1: spewing forth sounds from my mouth that are That's eventually disgusting. making it. You need
0: to stop that. Other places. Yeah, keep those sounds it in happens. there. That's gross. Okay. but All right. So the discussion this week we are getting started on is pop culture and its impact on society. Because this is a really interesting topic. If, if you guys haven't really been paying attention for the past so many years, if for any of the younger listeners who are listening to this, I highly recommend... Not only just reading the news and keeping up to date on world events and stuff like that, but pay attention to the things that interest you and the news stories surrounding it because you have no idea how much some of the things that you enjoy the most are influencing the way society functions and stuff like that. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. Like starting for me, like we could go really far back and we'd probably have to actually define what is popular culture. But I don't really feel like we need to do that because you could go back into the 1800s, you could go into the 1700s, you could be talking about music, you could be talking about art, and it would probably all fall under that definition. But really, to talk about pop culture and how impactful it is on society, society, we kind of have to start at places that people here and now can actually recognize. So my first thought is golden age of comic books, late 1930s. You got Bob Kane, Bill Finger creating Batman in 1939. You got Jerry Siegel, Joe Shuster creating Superman in 1933. Uh, I mean, like, comics at that point were always, like, the funnies in the newspapers. And there were comic books, and there were all sorts of comic books at that time. But it wasn't really until you had the advent of Batman and Superman and a few other characters when things just exploded. And started changing the way not only children started reading some of these stories, but adults started to read some of them. And it became uh, television shows, radio shows, movies, and of course, everything that's been happening today all started from those 1930s
2: origins. And it's huge. Yeah. Oh, totally. I you mean, know, we... a- animation as well from back then, with, uh, you know, Mickey Mouse and all that sort of thing. And
0: yeah. The Warner Brothers. Um, Mighty Mouse. Not only are those, but I mean, you had, what was it? The 1930s, um, Snow White. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. that, that, that golden arrow yeah. of,
1: it's the the beginning of the, of the Disney dynasty. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's a huge one. Like the 1930s, surprisingly, if you discount World War II and all of its effects and stuff like that on eliminating uh, popular culture because of everything that was happening and resources um, being you know utilized and stuff like that. If it hadn't been for World War II, it would have been a much bigger explosion of pop culture.
2: Actually, I guarantee though, it. Pop culture did have some stuff to do with World War II and propaganda. Oh, if of course ever it seen, did. Uh, Deführer's face yeah. and 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 all the yeah. those wonderful bizarre propaganda cartoons with characters that we still know and love. That, uh, yeah, the
0: animated uh, cartoons and stuff like that. Of course, all the animated cartoons that were before movies. Oh in yeah, nineteen thirties, forties, and fifties. Like all, especially in the thirties well, I mean, and forties, that... it was all <clears throat> propaganda.
1: I mean, that's you know that's kind of like the birth of Captain America. There, like, yeah, you know, it's it, that that same kind of you know nationalists.
2: He's never been know, as funny as Defeater's face, but you know.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Right, but it's just amazing right. to me that all of this stuff started then, and it was repurposed for you know wartime and and everything, and it, and it kind of to a degree it has been happening in modern times. Um, obviously, not the same way. Like I don't, I remember, and you guys might remember this stuff too. You guys remember late '80s during the Persian Gulf War there was the cartoon G.I. Joe throughout the 80s, and they were using some of those characters to, I don't know what they oh, yeah. were doing. I don't remember specifically what they were trying to do. If they were trying to explain it to kids, what was happening? Not entirely
2: sure what they were trying to get across. I don't even know. Uh, but it was...
1: Well, What you know to kind of segue from that, uh, you know in, in do you remember the the desert storm and desert shield trading cards? Yes, absolutely. I, of, I mean like honestly like what I mean can you imagine the fallout if there'd have been Vietnam war trading cards? Oh, God, like no. get your napalm just, and agent orange know, cards? Yeah. <laughs> right. Vietnam, <Cong>. Cambodia. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, I got been... the special. I got the special Charlie hologram card. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I got the Henry. If
0: there had been trading know. cards like in World War One, when all the you know it's chemical crazy. warfare came about,
2: oh yeah,
0: like it had been like yeah, baseball yeah, cards, like no,
2: were huge
0: in the nineteen fifties, sixties, and seventies. And if they had been around in World War One and World War Two, like Boy, all that all is the really weird like they were of. in the Persian Gulf War. Yeah. Oh, and I got I got my Dresden card. Yeah, those things never would have come about Which, had it right? not been for. I got the Auschwitz code B two flying bomb. Yay! Right, it's just oh, it's God, crazy, it's terrible. It really is. But of course, none of that stuff would have come about if it hadn't been for comic books. And c- the reason comic books are so influential uh when it comes to all of these things is like trading cards are specifically designed for that purpose. Of you collect them. You trade them with your friends to collect more so you can get sets and stuff like that. And comic books were the same thing because they were uh, sequential stories for the most part. Whatever comic books that you had that you didn't want, you traded to somebody else and it was sort of a communal thing. It was a serial,
2: you know, you know that Yeah, you know, one thing led to the next. And and, that,
0: and it started, you know, it started kids collecting things at the time and they would collect comic books and then of course baseball cards came out and they started collecting baseball cards and then trading cards of whatever various other things you know would come out and it that all stemmed from the era of comic books and you know you guys know that um superman his speech when it comes to uh you know truth justice and the american way it was never the american way in the beginning it was always truth justice truth and justice and then they added in the american way uh later on because Which of them trying be, to use it for propaganda purposes. Because he
2: isn't a, like, a literal War. alien, but, you know. Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> he's a visitor exactly. to our planet. And extraterrestrial. And he just so happened to land in America. And apparently he liked and he's
1: it. He's the worst kind <laughs> of illegal alien. He really exactly. is. He's totally he's, undocumented. But it's
0: just... It's, <laughs> <laughs> but it's hilarious because... Yeah, I mean, you've got this character that was usurped by the federal government. We and need a Krypton ban. No, yeah. and they and they forced the writer. I don't say they forced. They didn't force. They asked the comic book writers and stuff like that if they could have Superman, you know, help with morale when it came to not only World War II, but then obviously the Korean War and Vietnam and all these other things. And they were using. Superman to be able to push the idea of patriotism and not to question the government, not to question the military and support the military and support the s- troops and all of these things through the comic books. They and also they use create...
2: Popeye, but <laughs>
0: yep. And they, and they created animated shorts and stuff like that. Um, and same deal just to be able to push uh, propaganda. I mean,
1: they did tons of propaganda with Superman. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it, you know, and really, you know, lots of comics, but yeah, I mean, Superman, Superman Captain being, America, I mean, Captain America literally, yeah. you know, the first appearances in 1941, it came out, you know, right in the middle of, you know, that nationalistic, like, this is, you know, we need to push America and,
2: and his arch enemy, the it's... Red Skull, you know, is, can yeah. embody any of our right. enemies at any time. And, you know, during right. the Cold War and World War Two.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, they basically. It was Jack Kirby and Joe Simon who created Captain America. And it was specifically to create a hero that, you know, American kids and Americans could get behind to help push the war effort forward. Yeah. In popular, you know, magazines and stuff like that. And they just used And Granted, no. <laughs> you know, they, they created it for Marvel Comics. And. You know, they used it as just a an entertainment piece, but you know, it was definitely heavily influenced by, you know, the federal government and the military to try and push a positive side to the war effort to try and boost morale in the country. It's just crazy yeah. you know, it's it's crazy how it got usurped, you know. Popular culture, it happens all the time. If it's not a controversial thing, it's often usurped by either political groups or corporations to either influence or sell things, and it's you know it's crazy Absolutely. in that regard, but that's the nature of being popular, I guess so. well
2: and you can't you can't I mean there's no more greater effect on society than those types of things, you know exactly exactly so when when were the when did the radio become real popular with the serials?
0: Oh, I mean, you're looking at. I would say it's heyday, and we could easily look this up. Just do a Google search on it, but like radio was in its heyday in the 1950s. 19 Yeah. Obviously, the 1940s, but because of the war and stuff like that, between um, the
1: 30s and the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. So until it was color TV really hit in its prime,
0: really cool. in the 50s. Yeah, and well, yeah, I mean, it, everybody it, assumed it, that the television was gonna usurp the radio, but it just wasn't nearly as. Ubiquitous. People just couldn't afford them for the right, most part right. for a, quite a while. So, radio dramas and, just and stuff like that were just huge. How
2: much those affected, you know, uh, the people that we grew up watching their movies. You know, particularly Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. Um, you know, with uh, you know Indiana Jones, how inspired yeah. they were by those. Yeah. So over the years, you know, those things lived on in in one way, shape, or form. We'll look at. Um...
0: The perfect example of that and how you know like that form and here's the thing like radio plays and and radio is still hugely popular today but never so much as when in 1938 orson wells adapted right. the uh the war of the worlds the radio drama yeah. and it scared the shit out of people <laughs> you know i mean that is the epitome of pop culture running amok yeah was the fact? Well, it,
1: you know, and it, I mean, it stems so many things that, you know, you see those, you know, a, especially as we got, you know, kind of better, um, you know, and, and more in, uh, not necessarily better, but more into like reality TV and things like that. You see that bleed into, you know, movies where you're getting, you know, kind of those more heavy dramas and things, yeah. um, you know, take, you know, the original Blair Witch oh, and yeah. uh, uh... what was the... Oh man, why can't I think of it off the top of my head? What was the movie they brought out uh not that long ago with the the monster that like it was all hand it was all supposed to be like handheld recordings. Cloverfield? Cloverfield. Yeah. 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 Um things like that, but I mean, you know, Blair Witch was crazy when when it came out like, you know, and there was even There was a marketing you know, campaign
0: behind that too.
1: Well, right, but that like that's what I mean. Like it, it's it was it was done in such a way that you know because it was right around the real kind of you know start of of the widespread of the internet, you know it, it wasn't necessarily as common to be you know going through and researching things so there was yeah. a lot of rumors that went around that it was actually real legit you know film that was found and not um, you know not a fiction yep. Uh which was just nuts at the time like I remember having you know plenty of conversations with people. You know, especially after seeing that movie. I think I saw that movie three times in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, you know, it's crazy it with is. things like that, you know, that now you can easily go out and just search on, you know, online to yeah. to find answers to things like that. But, well, now you, have to, you know, it, at the time...
0: At the time, it was it was fantastic because it, it yeah. just tricked so many people. And, of course, all they had to do, and it wasn't until, was it months, maybe the following year or something like that, finally... Somebody watched through the entire credits and saw that little disclaimer at the end. This is a work of fiction. You know, everybody, (laughs) all all the depictions in this film of, uh, you know, individuals, names, likenesses, et cetera, are all fictitious and, you know, bear no resemblance to anybody in reality or whatever that disclaimer is.
1: Well, and that, I mean, that was before you got, you know, there was no reason to stay through the credits in most movies. Like, it's, you know, it's not like they were doing, you know, post-credit scenes and stuff back in, you know, 19, you know, whatever that was, 1999. And, uh, I, I mean, the... They kept those actors out of sight for a while too, yeah. which was super weird. Like, it's, you know, it's not like they were big name actors. Nope. They kept the actors out of sight after the release of the movie for a while. So it's not like they were on all the news shows being like, yeah, come check out our awesome movie. It was like, yep. This is, you don't really, you don't really know. It's, you know, I mean, it's, it's perfect rumor fodder that way yeah. in, in terms of the way they did it. The marketing campaign for that movie was great. Yeah.
0: And I mean, that really pushed. Again, like this is the perfect influence of what popular culture can do to society. I mean, I just. The amount of conversations around that movie, whether it was real, whether it wasn't real. Apparently, people were just, you know, constantly going to that area of New England, just looking for those. You know, the Blair Witch and going out into the woods and searching
1: and all of these
0: things. And, of course, oh, yeah. not
1: only that, but then you had... We we had we had made a plan to, to road trip out there <laughs> yeah. at one point. It, it's like, you know, on some level, it's just nuts. Yeah, and, of like, course, we're walking around our woods. Like, where we grew up was more <laughs> of a
0: rural area. And if you walked around any of the woods in 1999 or just a couple of years after, you would eventually come across one of those little stick wooden figures that somebody handmade and stuck on a tree or on a stone or something like that in the middle of the woods and people were just doing that everywhere yeah just to freak people out because a lot of people still didn't know at the time that it was fiction and it was great it scared i'm sure quite a few people but
1: it was still great (laughs) right yeah no i mean it's uh, that that's one of the the kind of perfect examples to play into that and it's you know i yeah it's crazy we i mean we used to spend so much time in the woods that it was just it played right into everything that we usually did and it was crazy if
0: you went camping you'd always try to like before then before blair witch you would always go camping and people would tell stories about bigfoot and you know Uh, you know, Sasquatch, whatever they were going to call it. And then uh, the Jersey Devil would always come up every once in a while, and then there might be something else here and there. But it was never like something – you never really had anything tangible that you knew of expressly to be able to get scared of until you saw the Blair Witch. And then you're like – It seemed real. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Real thing to our lives that – Exactly. Yeah. It was possible. could possibly So it was craziness in that regard, I loved it, but it's one of those yeah i mean it's it's one of those um
1: well, and it just it feeds the cycle you know it's it's interesting and i yeah. I know we put together the topic as like you know pop culture and its impact on society, but you know society impacts pop you know pop culture just as much yeah. it's a, it's a cycle you know the the way that you're you know kind of going through and the way that society shifts in terms of the way that the the you know pop culture you know changes over time. Um, well, a good example it's... of that, a perfect example
0: of that, would be stemming from
1: even from Blair Witch,
0: you started to see a change in horror movies. I mean, you went into uh, Paranormal Activity and then into Saw, and from those movies, especially Saw, it changed the landscape for horror movies substantially, and it was all based off of. You know, audience feedback and them wanting to go see those types of horror movies more than any others.
1: Yeah. I mean, you had, you had, um, you had some horror movies at that point that, that had, you know, kind of delved a little bit into, you know, that, that kind of heavier gore area, yeah. uh, you know, area. Torture. But porn. there, there wasn't really any, yeah, yeah, the, the torture porn, that's fantastic. Um, I, I mean, there, there wasn't, we took a huge, you know, Shift in in that kind of movie and and you know bringing that to the forefront of of what kind of horror is yeah Um and it's not like, at that point yeah,
0: it's not like those movies had never been made before like there were those types of movies made all throughout right, like, but the but they were and 80s, but they were they all, weren't popular no, they weren't like, they were they, they weren't even they were
1: B they were back rooms like yeah you know
2: they're almost fluff pieces you know they were almost right. uh, I would say, even psychologically, they're not a little different from Alfred Hitchcock movies. You know, obviously, they're really not. No, but but it it plays the same part of your brain.
0: Yeah. Right. And even speaking of Alfred Hitchcock, you you go back and you watch Vertigo. And Vertigo had a big impact on
1: audiences way back then. Um, Dude, Psycho. Psycho. You know, I I mean, the the birds. birds, People were freaking out on that. He did radio dramas as well. Yeah. 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 Hitchcock was, I mean, from that standpoint, was well ahead of his time in terms of, you know, kind of yeah. mapping out really kind of where we go, you know, where we went as a society. Yeah. I mean, considering how much further, you know, prior to most of these things becoming actually popular, his movies were, yep. it's, uh, you know, it's it's not surprising how, you know, how much, you know, how many accolades he gets um for doing what he did cuz it's he was that much of a visionary. Yeah.
0: It's just it it blows my mind how many amazing like you you have to appreciate the movie styles of those times to fully appreciate Alfred Hitchcock cuz there's there's a, it's a vast difference yes. between modern filmmaking and and that era's filmmaking. Yeah. But if you can appreciate the way that they did things back then Alfred Hitchcock was by far and away one of the absolute best. Yes, and and I mean just all around. And it, there was a there was a there was some stiff competition too in that era. Like you look at uh, the Blob, whatever year that was, and how that affected people. Uh, Nineteen fifty-eight, and like people were just screaming, running out of theaters and stuff like that. They were vomiting. Uh, they got nauseous from watching the movie, and it's. <laughs> This weird well, gelatinous the, that's creature. That's the kind of
1: thing. That's the kind of thing that that is just crazy when you look at the the yeah the severity of the shift, because you know you have things like that happening for that movie, which is uh, extremely tame by today's yeah. standards, and then you come into you know where we're at now with you know human centipede four and <laughs> I, I mean it what? just uh, yep. it's let's let's not forget though how things that, that really are are disturbing yeah
2: yeah back then i mean just think how much the parents were upset by you know elvis and his dance moves yeah. and you know uh it's just a very different society at the time yeah and
0: but but see that's always the funny uh the funny thing about looking back at like those time periods is it, people were so selective and obviously people are selective about you know where they direct their outrage yeah in every generation, I mean that's just the way human beings are. Um, but you know, like things like The Blob were, and other horror movies of that time were perfectly acceptable. Uh, f- relatively, I mean, as far as as society as a whole, horror movies of the, of that era perfectly acceptable. Elvis Presley dancing and and shaking <laughs> his hips on television. Nope, nope. That's got to be cut. You know, no. Well, like you're going to influence young girls; they're all going to want to have sex now. Because that's, that's sex. It. Yeah,
2: yeah. Because in America,
0: we are perfectly fine with death and blood <laughs> and gore and decapitation and but, murder, but we cannot abide sex. The upset
2: <laughs> of that sex helped drive rock and roll to be as popular as it was. Because still, the greatest motivator for teenagers is how you're going to piss your parents off.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, Yeah. 100%. And that's,
0: and that's the beautiful thing. I mean, that's the way that music went forward. I mean, you go from there, you go into uh, rock and roll, and rock went into progressive rock throughout the 70s, and then that influenced heavy metal throughout the 80s, and then it influenced grunge rock throughout the 90s, and so on and so forth. But then you get into another major area of outrage, and this was kind of one of the other th- major things that I wanted to – you know add to the conversation was look at rap music oh yeah in 1989 1990 and like the first couple of years of the 90s and if you thought that the influence rock and roll had in the 1950s at its start you know the way it was influencing people and you know making girls go crazy for you know male musicians and so forth if you thought that was bad and the, and the, you know, government's reaction to it was bad. And, you know, the mother's associations and, you know, uh, the, the people who were all about decency and whatnot, if you thought that was bad, look at what happened in 1989, 1990, and 1991 with rap music and gangster rap, almost specifically NWA to life. Grew, the style
2: changed it. right away too with oh. it and, and the subject matter, uh, yeah, go listen to REM's radio song though, just to see how passe that was, even in 1991. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it's like it's already gone past that kind of rap REM. You know, I know what you're yeah. trying to get,
0: but you had you had this these this, this uh, for pop music at the end, like mid 80s through the end of the 80s. Pop music was huge, and it was synth-pop for the most part, particularly yeah, synth pop, and it was fairly lighthearted, and it was at worst, it was about heartbreak. Yeah, and except for Madonna, like, a, and Prince. Yeah,
2: but you know. But there was a
0: <laughs> there was a massive segment of the population who was not being, you know, sung to. Basically, they they were not being represented. The things that they were dealing with in life were not being fully represented which, by the popular which culture Which is at the
2: exactly con. why rock and roll became <clears throat> so popular. Yeah, it's exactly what happened, and why it yep. flourished and, throughout the sixties because of the baby boomers and it, yeah. they need their own identity.
0: Exactly, and then of course. You know, um Generation X came into being in the nineteen eighties and they were kind of on the fence about you know, some of the stuff with the eighties music and whatnot. Uh, you know, the the earliest uh members of Generation X kind of grew up on it and they were all about it and whatnot, but the younger members were just kind of like, well, we're not really feeling it that much. Um but again, like there was a massive segment of the population who was completely undeserved. By popular music at that time, and all of a sudden you get N.W.A. and you get uh, Two Life Crew, and you get these other big uh, gangster rap um, just you know groups and whatnot that just change the entire landscape of modern music. It
2: was a stark turn for MC years. Hammer. It really was.
0: Yeah, well, uh, MC Hammer was kind of. It was kind of in response to, you know, like it was a, it was, I would say from, you know, looking it up and stuff like that, that MC Hammer and um, Vanilla Ice and a bunch of the others that were radio friendly, quote unquote, they were in response to, uh, you know, like,
1: especially. I I don't know. There's a lot of that stuff that at the time. Yeah, they, I mean, they had their singles, but they were not radio. No, but they they did the singles specifically so that they could play it on the radio. Whereas stuff people or
0: groups like Ghetto Boys and N.W.A. Oh. <laughs> they didn't care. They were like, we don't give a shit. We don't care if we get played on the radio or not. We're putting out the music we want to put out because they felt a need for it, and there was there was a massive need for gangster rap music. It made, it was, again, it was that exact same thing where it was an entire generation of uh, young people <laughs> railing against authority and their parents and the older generation. And, that and that's exactly what it was. Yep, and it sells and it sold very well. But again, society has to respond to it because that's what society does. And you had so much backlash. You had politicians you had judges you
1: had uh, sheriffs yeah but is and- that I mean I mean that portion of it, it you know is not that is not exclusive to you know the that particular change in, in society I mean that there's always been that you know kind of government overlord you know, Politicians well, are upset with the the current state of yeah, of the change, the, the, the massive shift. We, we
2: are deeply rooted yeah. in that from our, our our foundation, from the Puritans who came over here uh, yep. seeking religious right. freedom. We've never been able to shake that; uh, it'll never go away. No,
0: and of course you got to remember though, like the Puritans when they came over seeking religious freedom, they weren't seeking religious freedom to escape Catholicism or Christianity. They were they were coming wanted. over to worship at a more extreme level. Yes. than what was being allowed. Yeah, they in didn't
1: Europe. actually want religious freedom. They they just wanted to do what they yeah, wanted to yeah, do. Yeah, they
0: wanted religious extremism. And that might be versus what was being in Europe. Being
1: free
2: to be as extreme as you want might be one of the most American things, uh, but also, yeah. you know, trying to impose <laughs> your extremism on others sometimes is is a very American thing too
0: exactly and that's a, that's what's happened hugely through music almost I don't want to say exclusively through music but it just always seems to be music being the most um, the most sought after place to direct you know uh, I guess just you know the the powers that be the the leadership the government you name nope. it uh, anybody with angst towards change and and all of these things like they directed almost all of their energies towards music even though well and nowadays and especially in the 90s and stuff like that it was also comic well it wasn't comic it was also video games but it's always been music there are very
2: reason. few things that can evoke the kind of passion that music brings i mean it, it yeah. music usually follows you know it, it follows behind visual arts um usually it, it tends to be a little more conservative but if you think about Stravinsky going all the way back to them and, and the reaction to the Rites of Spring and uh, how people rioted because of it, uh, it yeah. does tend to bring a very strong emotional response.
1: Yeah, and I mean this. Uh, yeah, this there's there's something uh, you know very primal yes. about music, like where you know TV and things can you know evoke maybe similar responses if you want to if you want to even compare the two, but there's. You're... There's something extremely we are primal about music.
2: For it. And it goes, you know, it's yeah. an ancient thing that we have in, in, in us.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. A lot of ideas get expressed through music. A lot of ideas get um, just disseminated via music. I mean, if you want to influence a group of people in a, a worn, torn area or a downtrodden area or something like that. You send them popular music yes. that happens to be uplifting or happens to be inspirational in one direction or another. Uh, I mean, that's you see it all the time with, especially again going back to the nineteen eighties, early nineteen nineties with the Persian Gulf War. Like, how many songs were written? And one specifically, you know exactly which song I'm I'm talking about. That was written to try and get people, Americans, to. To back the war effort, you know, was it it wasn't We Are the World? It was something else, or was it We Are the World? No, that was for
2: poverty. That was, uh, yeah, that was that was
0: like famine and stuff like that. But there was another one at the time that, like, all these artists came together. There was a dozen of them or something like that, and they all, you know, sung this song that was produced to try and it was again propaganda. But it was one of those things that you know the powers that be tried to do. To get people to be more, I guess, right, just I,
2: positive about this. In that same vein, here too, at that time, the Gulf War. Think about what professional wrestling was doing at the time too.
1: <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah.
2: <laughs> you want to talk about pop culture and reactions to it, and, 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 and professional wrestling? Yeah, oh my God! You can't leave it out. It's it's always right with the pulse of whatever's going on.
1: Yeah. It's so weird like like looking back on it it, it is very much um, like it like it has it definitely has its niche yes. like I I went you know I went through a period and I think uh, you know I think all mm-hmm. I, I would I would hasten to say not all but most young males if not and some females also but you know I think it there's a time period that you go through yes. that it's just awesome. Like
2: it's like life on steroids, literally.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's been categorized as, you know, like a, you know, a male soap opera and things like that. And I mean, that's really kind of what it is, but it, it, is very weird, and it and it appeals to like that fifteen to seventeen yeah. year old male. Yeah, <laughs>
2: like. and you know they'll reinvent. You know, <laughs> you know heels will reinvent themselves to to mimic what who our enemy might be at the time. Yeah, uh, it's just it's it's incredible. Uh, just the impact that that has. Maybe not the impact that maybe pop culture has on wrestling. And then I don't know. That's a weird one. <laughs>
0: Well, wrestling, I, that's the thing I always I always liked about wrestling back when, you know, we were in I probably barely watched it through middle school in those years. But then the first few years of high school is when I actually <coughs> started to really pay attention. See,
1: yeah, I I didn't watch I didn't watch in middle school at all. It was all It was, like it was high school. But... Junior, yeah, like sophomore to senior year of high school, yeah. like <laughs> And I always I always appreciate the, yep. the fact that
0: Yep. I always appreciate the fact that all it. that stuff would it would change and it would evolve, and you would have all of these storylines that would um, play out for so many weeks, and then you know the character would get defeated. There would be the the underdog and the villain, and the villain would always win, and they would always be a major upset uh, for them to win. And then um, they would it's called a of,
2: heel in wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and the face, just for our audience <laughs> at home, so we don't get any hate mail, you know.
0: But it's just like it was one of those things where it was those like wave effect where people would be at their high points and then they would dip back down and then be going up and, you know, up and down and up and down and up and down. And then
2: they might turn and, you know,
0: yeah. And then it was just like, things actually happened. And, and at, at that time, yeah, it was just one of those things where they would, they would play into stuff that was happening in the real world. I mean, we could talk all day about Donald Trump and his history in the WWE. Because that was let's not do that. Let's though. not. But like, it's just one of those <laughs> Match <made> examples <laughs> of how many people outside of wrestling got involved, you know, and, and that were in popular culture. Like, the only reason he did it was because he was on The Apprentice, yep. and it was one of those things that somehow
1: worked well ho- being meshed and home alone together. too. Yeah, but it was like well, and what's funny is you know you see you do see personalities that, that take that and jump off of yes. it. I've, you know, most notably at this point, you know, Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Um, and I guess probably you could throw John Cena in there too because he's made a pretty lucrative career off of movies at this point and not just, like, trash movies. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it it is really interesting to me to look back and see um, – it, you know, just some of the characters that these people have played and, and look back on it to the time that I watched wrestling, which, like I said, was, you know, between, like, you know, 96 to 99. Like, I, yeah. we were super yeah. into wrestling. I mean, we paid for pay-per-views and and <laughs> yeah. everything like that. <laughs> or attended like, I mean, them in we, person. We, we, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, what I Guilty. like to call kind of the golden age of professional wrestling just because it was the... Yeah, well, and the the NWO and the and the fall of WCW yeah, and, and Stone Cold, and, like,
2: yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it just it was it a, out. Vince McMahon, a great
1: time for for professional wrestling, <laughs> right? Like. I mean, I, one of the one of the stunts that I remember is them filling a Corvette with <laughs> cement. Like they brought in like a they brought in like a I think it was Stone Cold. I think he brought in a cement truck, and it was it was Vince McMahon's Corvette, and he filled the Corvette yeah. through the now, through the the sunroof the sunroof yeah. with now, cement. That was, like, Monday Night
2: Raw and Nitro was they were that was much you know that was must watch TV. You know you had to, yeah. that's what you did on Monday nights. You
1: watched it. I, well, sure and like, it's crazy because it, like, I, I it, like, that was one of those things like me and, and the, my one buddy Ryan, like we, like we were totally into it. And if we couldn't, like, if we weren't at each other's houses on Monday nights, we would literally be on the phone yeah. with each other talking to each other about it while <laughs> it was happening for like, I mean, and then crazy, on Tuesday, like, you that's...
2: talk about it with your friends.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> what I always find amazing
0: about it, too, is the fact that, like, not, and I, I'm sure it still happens today, but at its height, you know, like, it was huge, obviously, throughout the 80s and definitely throughout the 90s when and late 90s when we were watching it. But all throughout those years, uh, like, young, you know, kids and teenagers and even idiotic young adults, you know, early 20s and stuff like that, they would mimic, they would go out and try to mimic all these wrestling moves. Assuming that it was more, I guess, you know, professional athletes as opposed to professional stuntmen. Yes. Knowing that makes a big difference when you try and mimic them. But they would go yeah. out and they would, they would hold these matches in their backyards or in their garages or whatever. And they throw down some, you know, carpets or whatever on the floor. And they try to launch themselves off of chairs and they end up breaking or, limbs and their they're necks waiting and everything else. And-
2: when there's snow on the ground. Guilty, yeah. guilty as charged. I yeah. may have choke slam somebody off of a deck into some snow. Oh, oh we totally. How did many that. people uh, jumped
0: off their roofs and tried to times. do body slams <laughs> and stuff like that? I mean, talk about pop culture influencing society. Like, how many kids broke a bone or, if not their necks, I, trying to yeah. mimic something that they <laughs> oh, saw on yeah.
1: professional wrestling? I, I mean, how, how many of my friends have I, you know, given the <laughs> the Stone Cold Stunner to? <laughs> Or you know, putting a figure four. Those are long. easy yeah. moves to I mean, do too. So you know, come on, like it's it, you. You can't tell me it's not real when I'm kicking them in the stomach and <laughs> dropping them on the ground. I mean, like... it's still real to the me. Moves damn are it. real. The story. And it's thing. even better when you're drunk. Yeah. Yes,
2: totally.
0: Yeah, that always uh, that always makes me laugh looking back at that so now because funny. the last time I remember watching, like sitting down and watching wrestling, was back in college, and it was a freshman year and a bunch of guys on our floor had gotten beer and we'd sit around and drink and watch wrestling and a couple of guys go out into the hallway and try to do the moves in the hallway and they'd run themselves into the walls and not be able to do anything and then they kind of give up after a (laughs) minute because they knew that they didn't have enough space it was either that or go outside and get in trouble for it
2: this yeah, is hilarious. Well, I, I was I was thinking too about though that we would always talk about it the next day with whatever we were doing in our lives, and the '90s was such a good time to talk about TV shows. Yes, uh, I yeah. can't think of anything Not... permeating pop culture more than than Seinfeld
1: in the '90s. Maybe Simpsons. Maybe Simpsons. Well, and you know it's one of those things that. It's hard now because you get that, that instant gratification that cell phones brings and the yep. and the, the rapid communication that way on, on shows like that. Yeah. Where you didn't have that back then. Like, if you were, you, had you know, to wait. At, at least where I was from, like, you know, you didn't call people after 9 p.m. And, like, you had to, you know, if you were watching primetime TV, like, you had to wait till the next day to talk about it. And then. I, you know, y- you really did feel left out if you yes. weren't talking about it, or if you missed it. And because now it's, you'd have to wait till know, a rerun. You can have right. Yeah. You can have conversations with people as things are happening on the TV, and it's like I, it's just crazy. Yeah,
0: and I mean that kind of, and of course, it's not even just that too. It's like the conversations after the fact. You know, the whole quote-unquote water cooler conversations that people would, you know, have. It wasn't like that was huge. But it was also the fact that there were so many of those shows that the lexicon from those shows would permeate pop culture and permeate oh people's yeah. lives,
1: it, you know yada 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 yeah, like, yeah that's that's the <laughs> in, one that uh, you know just one of of a thousand from that Sonico. everybody like, said like, you,
2: you, that was yeah. what you did for the next week whatever the thing was yep. the soup right. Nazi I mean like that. Everybody was saying, "No yeah. soup for you!" for <laughs> yeah, for months. You get but, you get pissed right.
0: off at somebody. Somebody would just get, especially like mothers who were trying to feed their children, and they would rebel and just be like, "No soup for you!" and then you'd walk away and you'd be like, "Yeah, that's always going to be there." Now, <laughs> you know, and it wasn't just TV too. I mean, it was obviously movies, especially like comedies and stuff like that. Look at uh, Clueless. Oh
1: Clueless yeah, Clueless being a perfect well, example.
0: Like as if what's...
1: was. What's crazy is is we've kind of evolved from you know taking you know snippets from shows that way and just you know creating new taglines and everything that everybody's saying. And now you know everything is has become ridiculous hashtags yes like and text speak. Yep. and you know when you go through, you know I can't even imagine the the a, a time before cell phones, that I would have actually addressed anything as, Oh, laughing out loud, but it's totally normal for yeah. me to just speak lol oh. right now. And people know what I'm saying. Yep. And it's, it just that, that transformation really in, into, you know, like if I say, like if, if I just in the middle of a conversation now say rawful, like everybody know what knows what I'm talking about. Yep. Like, and it's not, it's almost like it's it, it has created its own legitimate language. Yeah. Like, it's not just Emojis. texting speak anymore. It's not just... Yeah. Right. It, it is literally... They are nonsense things that you're saying that people have, on, on a massive scale, have an understanding of what you're actually saying. You guys remember that episode?
0: And Did you ever watch Star Trek The Next Generation? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you remember that episode where... Uh, um picard is stuck on that planet with that other dude and he's like a politician but he's from a planet where their entire speech is centered around um sayings
2: and metaphors now at the top of my head there's so many star trek next generation episodes so there's yeah there's yeah. this
0: really famous uh i can't remember what the hell the, the episode is
1: called um remember that one show with that one guy <laughs> where he did that one thing no there's Data. like it's, this, is I, no, of, I, I, this is kind of is i know what you're saying this is the kind of the way that. that that our
0: society is going nowadays with the whole text speak and hashtags and stuff like that like they they almost perfectly mimicked it because this alien dude that uh picard was talking to like his entire speech is based off of metaphors for the most part and analogies, yeah. and not just metaphors, but analogies. So he's making references to things that have happened that are supposed to mimic the way he's and represent the way he's speaking, or the the ideas that he's passing on and representing, and stuff like that. And that's exactly what we're doing now again with, um, you know, hashtags and uh, text speak. It's it's uh, what amazes me is like for our generations and the older generations, our slang was all based off of. Somebody coming up with something of interest that almost all of society kind of went, yep, we like that. We're keeping it. We're going to continue using it. Whereas now, everybody kind of just forces their own in, and it's all based off of a mutually accepted idea.
1: Well, and yeah, I mean, it just, there's a format, but no particular, like, no one particular way of doing it. Yeah. Like, you know, you see these people now that, you know, they post things on social media where it's just 15 freaking hashtags. And it's, I mean, they're, they're essentially putting, you know, sentences in the hashtags and it's like, I, yeah, they,
0: they, just, they say, they say six words what? in an actual sentence and the rest is all hashtags. And they tell an entire right. story with the hashtags. <laughs> and you're like, right. Holy crap. Well, but th-
1: even, even that, like just understanding that, you know and and picking up the nuance of the hashtags and yeah. what they're you know what they're trying to say and and meaning and context around what they actually said using the hashtags as representative of the the situation i i think is both cool and extremely odd at the same time <laughs> exactly like, like it, it just it's it's like me saying like I went for a jog today. Red, angry, <laughs> funny face, crying. Like I mean, that, like that's essentially like it's essentially the same thing. Except you get you you we're just automatically we're trained now to pull more meaning out of the the residuals. Well, that's my favorite part about
0: emojis is the fact that we start like language didn't technically start with. Uh, hieroglyphics and and whatnot, but we've almost gone back to them. Like, you can tell entire stories using emojis if if the other person understands what each of those emojis represents. And it's just hilarious. But there's an
1: argument there to be made, too, that we're just devolving into weird, you know, linguistical subculture. Because, I mean, you have... uh, to 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 pull up uh, something extremely strange that's become weirdly popular, that smiling poop emoji. Yep. Like, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know why that keeps popping up. Like, like, why? Why? Like, why is that popular? Why? Like, why is that a thing? Maybe. Why are there pillows now in your local Walmart that are a smiling? Poopable. Pile of poo.
0: I mean, I would understand it if it was representative of, like, a shit-eating grin and what that was supposed to represent. <laughs> I guess, but it's still... But I, I don't think that's what it represents.
1: <laughs> no. If
0: that's what it did, it would make sense to me. But it means something completely yeah, different you're, than that you're, now. And, you're trying to, to I, wrap chaos up in logic <laughs> and it just doesn't exactly, work. Exactly. Exactly. It's weird, but... Anyway, it's getting late. There's way, way too much stuff for us to be able to talk about when it comes to pop culture and, and what it means for society and how it impacts us all. But it's gonna Yeah,
1: there's ten more episodes to have. Yeah. That. I
0: mean we could we could have a whole nother one later if we wanted to. In point of fact we so probably we call this, will. So. Part one. Episode one. Yeah. Part one episode of a ten part series episode one.
1: No, we're gonna call this episode four.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we should. We should call it episode four and then come back to it later. <laughs> We'll come back to it next year, and then we'll come back two years later, and then we'll give it a decade, and then we might do another, another three.
1: Then we'll come back and start on the Victorian era. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> but that's it. We're out of here. We'll see you guys later. We think we're right. funny. <laughs> <laughs> Say good night, later. Good
2: night, fellas. fellas. <laughs> see you, people.
0: All right, that's it from us. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. As always, be sure to like, subscribe, follow. We are on the Facebook and the Twitters, so check us out there. And we'll see you guys in the next episode.